All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? How's it going? This is Mark. It's me, Mark Marin. This is my show. Thanks for joining. Today, on the show, I talked to J. Smith Cameron. Her name is Jean. You guys may know her as Jerry from Succession. She's done a lot of work. She was also in the movies Margaret and You Can Count on Me, directed by her husband, Kenneth Lonergan, who I've talked to, and many other films and TV series and plays. Uh, She's great, and I was uh, thrilled to talk to her. Also today, or Sunday, yesterday, I I just talked to Rachel Weisz, and that was... That was exciting. She's great. How long have, like, I mean, she's great. And that was like, I think that was the only person I talked to all day. And I've been, uh, I've had a week of that where, you know, Kit works. I go do comedy at night. Talked to Lipside a few times. I don't know, man. I, I just think it's important. I, I got to find somebody to, to talk to slash bounce shit off of in town go out, do the coffee thing, crunch the news, think about stuff, break new ground, push the envelope, talk about movies. I just watched that thing that Vice is in, that um, Dead Ringers, and it blew my mind entirely. My mind just getting blown all the time. I don't know if I'm getting old or what, but I'm just sort of like, oh my God, this is insane. Everything's in here. It's radical. I don't know. I'm going soft, maybe. I don't know. But listen, a couple of things I left hanging, I believe. Um, so Buster was actually sick. And he had a UTI that might have affected his kidneys. He had infection. And I think I told you that they gave me antibiotics to give him by mouth, which is a goddamn charade ridiculous but i brought him in for a shot and he's doing great seems great they all seem great cats are fine and in personal news i uh started getting the i went and got my blood test on friday um this is after three months of pretty strict veganism i might have ingested partial egg here and there with some bread products that i didn't or wasn't aware of three months as a vegan and really limiting to maybe four or five times in that three months, my intake of processed sugar. Because as you know, some of you, if you've been following along, that my sugar, my glycemic index is 5.8, which is pre-diabetic. My LDL um, before this, before I went vegan was you know hovering around, I think 122 to 127 my ldl my good cholesterol is good 70 something i don't know so i got blood i asked him to give me a testosterone test too because i talked to some friend of mine who said i should get that and that's 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 my form of referral talk to a guy my age who someone told to get their thing checked maybe you should get that checked so i got all these blood tests and the Results came, but the doctor hasn't chimed in yet. And here's the thing about the cholesterol. 
After three months vegan, 102. And it's supposed to be below 100. So there's nothing I can fucking do. My LDL is 102. My HDL is 72. Triglycerides, 54. Non-HDL, 113. Total, somehow, 185. Which isn't bad, but there's nothing I can do. I guess you're supposed to, it's just supposed to be around 80. Your, uh, your cholesterol. So I got to make some choices. My testosterone, 1,027. Huh. I guess that's high. And for some reason, of course, as a man, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Fuck yes. 1,027. I'm full of this stuff. What does it mean? Is it good or bad? I don't know. Doctor hasn't weighed in yet. So that's the deal. So now I imagine he's going to tell me to get back on the statin. Why not? But then the big question is, what about my diet? Do I stay on this thing? I've certainly been having a good time focusing. It's nice to have, you know, have an ideological eating disorder. Gotten some good jokes around it. I believe in my heart that I've probably eaten enough meat for one lifetime. But do I get back on the statin and do the occasional fishy fish? What do I do? Do I just stay with it? I feel like I've uh, people have invested a lot of uh, faith and excitement and belief in me around this vegan thing. People are sending me snacks. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. And I seem to have gotten out of the frame of thinking that I should just do whatever the hell I want because life is short. You know, you got these just people who are like barbecue guys, the meat cult. The barbecue cult, just, you know, obese dudes with beards and aprons slathering sauce onto ribs. Come on, live a little. Yeah, very little, much longer at that rate. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll see what the doc says. It, it, it there, It's also my testosterone is flagged. I don't know what having a slightly high testosterone means anyways. Anyway, so it's all unfolding. Blood pressure's good. Heart rate's good. Everything's okay. And I got some text from some guy, not a text, some direct message about how cholesterol doesn't matter. But I asked my doctor again, is it still an indicator or has it no bearing on heart health? And he looked at me like I was a fucking moron. Like a fucking moron. That's how he looked at me. He's like, yeah, it is an indicator. And I'm like, oh, because some guy uh, DM me that I don't know on Instagram about how it doesn't matter. It, all right. Well, so I guess he's wrong then. The the guy on Instagram who you don't know who DM'd you that said cholesterol is not an indicator. No, no. That, yeah, I would go with whatever he says. Go with whatever that guy says. Uh, I've been invited over, over to somebody's house for dinner, Kit and myself, and I bought a full tray, a $35 tray, which is not nothing when you're buying, when you're buying baklava. Uh, yeah, I figure like, why not bring a nice local treat over? Uh, that would be a nice thing to do. Um, and it's basically, you know, it's like, 
10 to 12 different kinds of the same thing. Yeah. Slight variation on what the dough is doing texturally and which nut is being used. But outside of that, kind of thematic. All right, look. So Succession is currently in its fourth and final season. New episodes are on Sunday nights. You can stream the whole series up to this point on HBO Max. And um, Jay Smith Cameron, who is my guest today, uh, plays Jerry. Her, and her name is Jean, not the initial J. And we had a lovely conversation that you can, uh, you can be part of right now. What, uh, so why don't you just tell me how it ends? No, I can't do that. <laughs> First of all, I don't really know because they, what? they, well, because... They kill you off next, next episode? <laughs> no. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh. but they, um, but I, they, I mean, I play a secondary sort of character. Right. And a lot of my stuff ends up in the cutting room floor. I don't really know my story, how it's being told exactly. Is that, do you find that disappointing? Uh. That they cut stuff out? Yeah. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, does it, how, how much does it happen? Well, because I'm, first of all, like. Not that I'm looking for complaints. I'm just saying like. No, because, no, no. like, do you guys, how much do you overshoot? Do you know what I mean? A like, lot. A oh, lot. Yeah. 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 So, um, and they find, I think, a lot of gold that way. And some of it is improv, and they just leave the camera really? rolling sometimes. They don't print all that because they're, they're right. working with film. Sure. Oh, really? So it's not like digital where they can just do Right. Right. So there's so, a lot of improvising. There's a, quite a bit. Well, do you do like one take on script and then just go the next yes. take kind of thing? Uh, no. we. Um, no, it's sort of like I remember when we first – the very yeah. first scene I shot, we – he said, well, let's do it as written, and then, you know, after that, we'll just mess it up. <laughs> right. And he just, that, that was Mark Mylod, um, the director, yeah. saying that. And he was, and that is less true as they've developed their um, crazy shooting sc- sure. style. Like, they kind of, they don't want it to be complete chaos because it's already this chaotic, right. cool camera work they're doing. Yeah. But we always get a, what they call a freebie at the end. Right? Yeah. Kind of. And they use it sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, the whole um, Roman Jerry yeah. thing relationship, whatever you call it, <laughs> came from just the camera rolling and Kieran and I flirting and being silly in, char- in character. Uh-huh. Um, and well, in like season be, one? Yeah, the end of season one. Yeah. And we just ran out of dialogue, but they didn't say cut. So right. So that started just to happen? Kept, you know, yeah, we had a little... Uh, <laughs> Badinage uh-huh. about something ridiculous, yeah. and then I walked off and I kind of looked, checked him out, and he apparently checked me out right after I. And they were all laughing, looking at it at Video Village, and like <laughs> how silly it was. And then They're like, they decided the... to write it in. That's hilarious. Yeah, I uh, I was excited. I, I was excited to uh, for it to come back. It's nice to have that Sunday night thing again. And I think I probably could have gotten access to press screeners of the first oh, four, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't do it. Yeah, because I want to watch them with everybody else. Yeah, me too. Really. I yeah. Say, yeah. I mean, but I. But that's why it's a little hard for me to know, like, whether, like, there was there's a, there's an episode coming up, but I can't remember what number it is. Yeah. Um. Where uh, so I shouldn't talk about it yet, right? But it's coming up. But yeah. Um. I. 
Mm, how can I put this? So, so my character yeah. survives a certain uh, uh, situation, ordeal, but we, ordeal, uh-huh. and we never really see how. And it's just, I guess, this idea that Jerry, my character, is yeah. this like bulletproof monk, and then everybody understands yeah. that she would always end up on her feet or whatever. Yeah. But I had pitched myself for this scene. Yeah, they went for it. They wrote me in it. Then I improved more. It was like everyone's favorite scene, and now it's not in the show. Really, because it's not central to the. I mean, I think what Jesse Armstrong's interested in is the family drama foremost. Right. But he created this really wonderful world of like characters. Characters and and this whole venal, you know, yeah. powerful rich people world that is so topical to in our country well, yeah. really globally. Sure. It's like yeah. you know. Yeah. Um so so it's hard for us uh non Roy's to like uh, realize because our stuff, you know, like I feel like I created my character almost out of you know, I sort of made her up. Like she like but to begin what, with. And what was the audition? The audition was some sides that were either going to be for Frank or Jerry or Carl. They didn't know. Uh-huh. And they were like scenes with the boys. And um, so they decided, oh, maybe the general counsel could be a woman. So they were also seeing, you know, yeah. to see some women. And I went in and read for it. And I remember thinking that it's great they hadn't rewritten it yeah. to be a female character, right. at least for the audition, because then... I think it was Roman's character naturally was being um, really coarse in yeah. the scene and yeah. crude and gr- yeah. saying gross stuff. Yeah. And I got to on my audition tape just be like unimpressed with them and yeah. unflappable. But it was meant more if you're a girl, right. an older lady, sure. you know, like yeah, that yeah. sort of had. Yeah. And it was sort of, and I, but I would kind of wince like when he got too too disgusting. Right. And then that became sort of a character thing. Yeah. And then I got to just kind of. Um, I mean, I think we all did in a way, but this character was really just like, I think, one of many suits they had to kind of yeah. create and and, and uh, invent. And I'm sure, you know, it's a combination with all of us of what's their writing and what is our personalities and our imagination. Well, it's all very interesting because all of the characters are are really acting in reaction to Brian's character. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah. all, everyone in the show. Yeah. Either like whether it's in a scene or or it's just hanging in the air. It's hanging in the air. Right. He doesn't have to be in the scene. Right. It's just <laughs> everyone is reacting in their spineless ways. Yeah. Of one kind or another. That's right. To try to survive that family. Yeah. Including the family. To stay in the loop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I think I may be the only character who ever really yelled. At yeah. Logan Roy. Yeah. And the scene about the uh, feds. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cooperating with the, <laughs> yeah. I got to really yell at him, and it was really satisfying. It, was it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is it? What, and also the other, the, the, the two... The two men that are in your crew, what are their jobs? Are they all, are they all lawyers? Like, there's the one guy... Oh, what, they're like COO and chief right. financial officer, a CFO, and I was the general counsel. Yeah, and then, yeah. So you're yeah. the only real lawyer. Uh, no, I I imagine there's like a whole floor of the of right. the, you know of the huge high rise that's legal. But I'm the I guess the general counsel, and I oversee all the acquisitions. But and, what they're doing, you know, with the, with with like Peter Friedman and David Rash, Rashi, Rashi, it's hilarious. I know. They're, they're great. They're so good. Like, I get, like... God, they're so good. Well, you kind of all work together in that zone yeah. at times, right? <laughs> right. And you and Fisher Stevens, too. Fisher. 
Yeah. I love it. Do you know Fisher Stevens? I don't know him. I thought everybody knew him. Well, no, I mean, I, I know of him. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, he's just been around a long time. He has. I do not think I've interviewed him. Like, it's gotten to that point with this show where <laughs> I, I'm not entirely sure anymore. Really? Uh, if I've interviewed people. I, it might be my brain, too. I'm, I'm getting no, but, older. <laughs> right. But, I mean, we've done like 1,500 of them. I mean, that's amazing. So I assume I've interviewed everybody. But I would have remembered Fisher Stevens, I believe. Yeah, I think so. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's kind of a character. He's a character, yeah. But now I got to ask my producer. <laughs> but I mean, even if you yeah. hadn't interviewed him, you might have met him at a dozen parties because he's. I feel like, like he's one of those guys those I feel guys. like has been around my entire life. Yeah. One way, I think I saw him on Broadway in a Neil Simon play. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't remember Brighton Beach Memoirs, yeah, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he was the kid. I think he replaced Matthew. Right. Yeah. They, they, and, and so Kenny, my husband, Matthew, yeah. Fisher, they all go back that far to like practically teenagers. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Your your husband, uh, Kenneth Lonergan? Yes. Kenneth what, Lonergan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, he, like he started when he was that young? Um. Well, yes. He was one of the, I think he was the first year that they did the Young Playwrights Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was 18, and they picked his play as one of the plays. Which one? I mean, no, no, it was not a play we know now. It's like a kid a kid play that he Didn't wrote. Didn't I just see him, like a resurrected play of his with uh, Elaine May? Oh, yeah. That, what was that? That's called the Waverly Gallery. That was good. Yeah, that's good. And she was, oh, my God. Did you, did you see her in it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was tremendous, I thought. Amazing. Yeah. And you work with her daughter now, kind of. Yes, and, I, and also, but... I oh, had a, I had scenes with her and Margaret. And Margaret, And also, yeah. I did an Elaine May play on Broadway with Jeannie. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. You did what, what play? Um, you don't remember? I think it was called After the Night in the Music, and it was actually three plays. Yeah. Like an evening of three funny plays by her. Wild. What's Kenny think of uh, this succession? He loves it. Yeah? Yeah, he loves it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. It would be bad if you were on a show that he didn't like. I would imagine oh. that wouldn't be a great situation. No. But you have probably have. But he's, but all, yeah, right. Well, he, he's pretty, um, you know, he's pretty, you know, game. He yeah. realizes that, you know, like on TV, it's not like you're not always going to get quality control about every single job right. you have. It, quite the climate. But I mean, just but just on a language level, this thing is a, just a monster. Right, right. Right? It's thrilling. It is. And the it, camera work. Yeah. And the... Well, just sort of like, everything. there's like, it's like, it's a language unto itself. So all these characters have to work within it. I mean, it's it, it may seem natural, but it's totally not natural. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Because I have all these speeches where I have to like rattle off the yeah. you know exposition about, don't ask me what I'm saying. But, um, and it's very hard. And it's written like you change tenses in the middle of a sentence. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. hard to memorize. Yeah, and, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not, there's nothing normal about it, but because of the world and the nature of the emotional structure of this family and, yeah. and the business. And that business. That, you know, you kind of. chaos, like a. And you roll with it. Yeah. And there's a comedy to it, but it, it's perfectly expressive, you know, as, as, uh, as characters. You know, you, you, you don't lose anything. I mean, that might be because of the actors, but you certainly, it's not. The language isn't really hiding anything. You know, the yeah. characters are all fully formed. You don't feel like right. the language is stilted to the point where the characters can't right. come out. No, the characters are all distinct. Yeah. And they all have their own way of speaking, but they also all speak succession, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of an odd, it's like Oscar Wilde or something. I mean, not like Oscar Wilde, right. but equivalent in a way. Yeah, yeah it's or, something. Or something like I, I feel like I feel like it's it's like Mamet. It's like early Mamet-y. 
Yeah. Right? Yes. Where there's a click to it. There's a world of, of the language. Yes. But then the characters also have their own voice. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like... It remind- there's a whole universe of succession. Like right. the, you know, um, not just the language, yeah. but like everything about it. What's going on out there with the fans? How's that working? What do you mean about? I mean, the, like, about are you engaging final? with the fans? Well, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. For I don't know. I don't know if I'll, you're on Twitter. I am. Very, yeah. Very prominently. Kind of. I mean, I don't do much but promote the, this show. I don't. Right. I don't engage. But every once in a while, I'll do a flurry of things. <laughs> but I don't. Yes. I don't fool around with it a too much. A flurry of Twitter. Yeah, I can't take the abuse. Oh, it's awful. But I'm. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen to it now. I, so. I think what's happening is it's slowly dying. Yeah. It's like people don't give a shit anymore. <sighs> It yeah. doesn't have this sort of vitality of it. People are like most of the people that were very uh, active on it are sort of like, well, it seems to be not great anymore, but I'm not going to go. And, <laughs> you know, but you're engaging directly with the people. Um, sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just interesting. Like this character, uh, uh, there's all these like, you know, young women or women who have or older women who have yeah. been in careers like this their whole life who really are just happy there's a character like that. Oh, yeah, okay. It depicts a certain thing that hasn't really been oh, well, specifically revealed before, apparently. And interesting. So, yeah. So it's kind of a role model in a way, although it, it, I wouldn't think anyone in this universe of succession would be a role model. Oh, people kind. love that shit. No, they, of course they would. They, they want to be... People want to be monsters. Yeah, maybe they, so. Are you kidding me? That's what, you know, Trump has got the country <laughs> divided. People want to be monsters. Yeah. They're, they're just like the... It's been unleashed. Yeah. In the culture. Yeah. The, the sort of like, you know, shameless monstering. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> hey, that's a good title. Shameless monstering. Well, like the 60 yeah. Minutes with I, I don't even know what happened there. I didn't yeah. watch it. I'm just seeing. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> I'm just seeing the backlash. And it's just sort of like, you can't, you can't, you can't feed the monsters. Yeah. And act like it's regular journalism time. I know. It's I like know when it. Bill Maher had uh, Steve Bannon on. It's like, you can't do that. I know. He's going like, to make a meal out of you. They're going to make a meal out of you because they have yeah. no respect for the context. No, but I think that the, I mean, I guess the media world, I don't mean to lump them all together. Yeah. But that they they got sort of spoiled. There was just this 24-hour news cycle of yeah. all the bad stuff that bad boy Trump did. Yeah. That they were just, in some way, must Eating have been in pig heaven. You know, like, there was just so much... Yeah. To report. And they were just so, so you know. Well, all the media scandalism. has become page six, right? So yes, like every, exactly. So, like, since Trump was Trump in New York back in the day, and the yeah. New York Post would be in, excited. In page six. Right? right. But now that's all media. That's, I know. That's what it is, all tabloid-driven, quick-bait bullshit. So that, that's maybe another reason why Succession is so popular, because it's a media company. Sure. But people are fascinated with uh, with rich people. Rich people and and power and and yeah, people who exploit power. Yeah, and um, also it's just they're funny. I mean, and it's all anti-hero shit. It's like yeah. none of these people are w- without fault that 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 borders on uh, incapacitating your empathy. Was it? Wait, say that again. It just means that all the characters are kind of shitty. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and within and within the world, yeah. you, you engage empathetically with them. But the bottom line is, is like they all got it coming. Whatever they got coming, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. When you read it, did you realize that it was going to be this amazing thing, or you just well, had a, no, you just had but a scene? I just had a scene. Wow. But I did right away, like. If I'd been a doggy, my little ears would have perked up or yeah. my little nose would have started sure. twitching. Like I knew right away with yeah. that scene that it was really good yeah. and really funny. I didn't even know what the situations were, but I could like the rhythm of it and the 
there were just some jokes in it that were really funny. And oh my God. I just was like, oh, I want to do this. And I was just supposed to be in like four episodes. It was a guest star. Yeah. And then uh, I ended up being in every episode that year. And then I came back as a regular, et cetera. Yeah. Wow. It's weird, you know, because like I was like looking up uh, stuff on you and you're, you know, it, this happens with theater people, too, that I've noticed is who, who've worked in film and television. It's like, where's where's the where's the theater uh, resume on Wikipedia? I want to see all the plays. I know. Well, I mean, because like because that's where you were. I know. Uh, well, I'm, I'm Why not, is I'm, that? I know it's kind of sad. Well, I know, but like <laughs> some people have the theater or the stage. Like there's usually uh, film, TV, stage sometimes. Oh, you mean on Wikipedia? Yeah, but, somebody's got to do it. I don't know how it um, works. Yeah, Wikipedia's a mystery to me. I me mean, too. I'm glad it exists yeah. because I've used it millions of times. Sure. And it's it's helpful. It's, but, sometimes it's wrong. Yeah, sometimes it's wrong, as in the case, like I'm scared to look at mine sometimes. Yeah, I haven't looked at mine lately, but I had a guest on here. I think it was Pam Adelon, who I did oh, all this cool. research on, but her wiki page was like, not true. <laughs> like, it was like somebody else's wiki page. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like nasty stuff. It was just not her life. Yeah. And it was like, so I'm going into this <laughs> interview. all mixed up. <laughs> yeah, just assuming all this stuff. And it's like, none of it was, I yeah. don't know, it was some, some. My daughter, when she was like, maybe in middle school or something, yeah. went through a period of going on Wikipedia and changing my age by a few years. She didn't like that, how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> I well, didn't know she was nice. doing it. <laughs> that's a nice thing. That's sweet. But you say you got to New York. Uh, you know, you you were around. Like when was that Brighton Beach Benmore? So you were in that yeah. world already. That feels um, like it no, was a million I, years no, ago. No, I wasn't in that. I mean, I didn't know that. I yeah. remember seeing the play like you did. Yeah. You know? uh, but I just moved to New York. What year? But um, gosh, I want to say just early eighties. Really? Maybe it's mid eighties. Yeah. But yeah, I remember. I don't know. I'm so foggy anyway. Where'd you? I know. I get. Why is that happening to us? I don't know. I I, I get nervous. Like, is like, is yeah. it gone for good? Is this like? I was sitting there watching Succession with my girlfriend, who's younger and has a full mind, <laughs> and uh, and I'm I, I just can't, I got a brain fart going. I can't remember Brian's name. I'm like, yeah. what, what's what's going on? I know, know I that know. guy. And yeah. Sometimes it just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Where like that's you, happened to me. Too. It does. Oh yes. It's the worst with people you know a long time. I'm now um, now I'm kind of obsessed with the the whole memory thing. Yeah. Like I had a, like in the middle of the night, I, I was like I couldn't remember. And I didn't even know why it was this particular guy, but I was just trying to remember some guy I know, and I and I couldn't quite get it, and I was just. Twisting, I just it was and, like, and uh, it's so alarming when it happens that then maybe your anxiety gets in the way of remembering it. Don't sure, you think? Yeah, sure. so it becomes yeah. really like, I know it makes your blood pressure go up or something. Yeah. You're like, what but, is but, happening? But I didn't even need to think about this guy for some reason. <laughs> his brain, his his name was stuck. Yeah, but anyway, so wait, so where do you come from? Where'd you grow up? <laughs> I come from Mars. You do? You're yeah. one of them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe. Um, well, I was born in Kentucky. And then my family moved when I was about six or seven, I guess, to the Carolinas, mostly South Carolina. Mostly grew up in South Carolina. And like Charleston? I wish. No, Greenville, which actually turned out to be a really nice town. Yeah? But Charleston's the really pretty famous town. Yeah, it's all right. You know, it's a beach town. You know, it's kind of a touristy, <laughs> weird thing. Yeah. I mean, it's quaint and cute and, uh, you know, it's got a well, lot it's of charm. Well, a lot of history to it. Sure. It's but fascinating, sort of. I guess so. But, like, it's still one of those towns that's got, you know, streets full of shitty stores for tourists. That's true. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, way I, to ruin it for me. No, I mean, I. <laughs> no, there's I, I, I just, some I, really good restaurants there. Sure, and they yeah. have like. Yeah, I, I was down there. I've been to. Cultured place. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Southern, old Southern culture. I mean, it's got such 
heinous beginning of slavery, yeah. Yeah. horrible roots yeah. that, um, and just so much like, it's sort of so fascinating historically. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you know, I don't know if I dug in Mm-mm. to those roots. No. I wasn't there long enough, yeah. but I, I had a, I had an okay time. I stayed at a nice hotel, I think. Good. I feel like. <laughs> I went there when I was, so I played violin when I was growing up. That was your violin. thing? I guess so. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> your choice? Not your parents? I, Were your parents already My people? parents, <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah. My parents had determined I would play the violin. It's that, they did. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But um, I was happy to try it, and I, and I did. I played okay. I mean, I played well, I think. I was in it for a long time. Anyway, I was going to say that yeah. when I was in, I was maybe a freshman in high school or possibly in junior high, and I made it into um, all-state orchestra. Yeah. And it went... It took place in Charleston yeah. at, at an old, at Ashley something, Hall, yeah. Ashley Hall or something, yeah. this beautiful old school. But all the other um, kids in the orchestra were like groovy teenagers, or yeah. that's how they seemed to me. Yeah, sure. And the other guy I shared a stand with, his name was Alan. I don't yeah. know what happened to this guy. Yeah. But we were like on our own at lunch times and at dinner times. And yeah. I remember this one time we... We just had to walk across the street to McDonald's because no one took us to dinner with them because yeah. we were like the nerdy little kids. <laughs> and we found a place on the fence at yeah. Ashley Hall yeah. where the the spikes had come off. You know, yeah. It was like a wrought iron sure. fence. Yeah. And so we put ketchup on our white shirts, our right. uniform white shirts, and then hung ourselves over oh, the yeah. – over. <laughs> it was like, poor us. <laughs> see what you made us do. And they were, of course, like, oh, brother. Hope you have another white shirt in your suitcase. Look at the dumb nerds with their, yeah, with their <laughs> joke. Stupid sense of humor. <laughs> but you guys had a good time. Yeah. Were you a good violin player? Um, I think I was um, pretty pretty good. Yeah? I mean, you know, it was never my passion, but I think I... Could you pick it up again and... No, I think I would need to take lessons again. But you could I hold kinda... it and play it. Probably. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. no, I can play it and I, I can, yeah, I can yeah. play it a little bit. Yeah? Um, but I would need a refresher course if I were really to take it up. And do you, like, how big of a family you come... I have a brother and a sister. Uh-huh. And your parents, like, just moved around a lot? Yeah, I'm not sure why. I mean, not just oh. all within South Carolina or oh. all, you know, like. Yeah. I, not a I, job thing? I Me, mean, it must have been a job thing. I, I don't <laughs> really know. understand why. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was a housing thing. Uh-huh. Um, what business was your uh, folks in? Well, my mother was a housewife mm. um, until later life. What did she do later? Oh, she was interesting. Yeah? Yeah. Yes, she. Um, this is in the seventies yeah. in in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. She became a Head Start teacher. Yeah, and um, then she went on later. And they moved to North Carolina, and she worked for a, a library there. But she she didn't have a library science degree. Like she wasn't. She was just sort of like a. She was just meant to shelve books and be an assistant. Yeah, you know, worked in the library. Yeah, but she created this whole outreach program where she would take. Like a bookmobile, but she she would tell stories. And yeah. she'd go way out in the sticks. Really? And she would read to these kids, and she'd dress up like a witch. She called herself <laughs> the Witch of Onslow County, and she would go out into the sticks and read these stories. And she would realize that sometimes the parents were hanging around listening and that they were illiterate. Like they couldn't read. Oh, really? And they're fascinated. And yeah. we would, there'd be times when I'd go in the supermarket with her and like kids would just run, and adults too would run up to her like, Miss Mary, Miss Mary. <laughs> really? She was like a local hero. Yeah. She really wow. did make something very cool of her life. And she had no college degree or anything. Huh. She was an Italian American from Scranton, PA who married my dad, who was a Southerner yeah. and came down South and was always a fish out of water. Wow. And she just took it upon herself to just spread the joy of reading. 
And performing. Yeah. And well, she just loved kids. Yes, and performing. And she just huh. loved kids. And I think she just, um, I don't know how to say this quite. I just think she related to also to these people that were on the fringes of society or were kind of, you know, like couldn't read or couldn't, yeah. couldn't afford this or that. And she just, because yeah. she'd grown up that way. She'd grown up in a really poor oh, really? family. Yeah. In Scranton? In Scranton. Yeah, Italian-American Huh. So like, oh, like, oh, they only spoke Italian at home. Like, so your mom was born it. in America, though. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, like she had to start school and learn English. Like one of those. Yeah, it was kids. rough for that for Italians. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. all the immigrants, it was yeah, pretty all rough, the immigrants. man. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I can't imagine Pennsylvania was any you know party. I guess no. And well, it was a big Italian American component, which. I th- like I remember the the um, family reunions and so forth growing up. Like oh, yeah. not many of them, but they were just so different than my southern relatives, and they were so <laughs> yeah. like lively and yeah. kind and funny and yeah. you know vulgar and yeah. like really good cooks and everything was. They were all beautiful. Like yeah. all my cousins were like these gorgeous Italian looking, you know, and expressive. They, they were usually completely Italian. Expressive. Expressive. Yeah. And what was the southern experience with that family? Um, they, my, okay. So my dad was an architect. Yeah. So I was get to go back, to go back to him. And his dad had been sort of a really prominent architect. Mm. Down um, there? Well, he was from England. And then he had, um, then he, at some point he'd, uh, begun working in New York. Yeah. And he worked, and I get these two guys' names mixed up, so we'll have to check this. But, um, I think it was Richard Howland Hunt, mm-hmm. or, but might be Richard Morris Hunt. They yeah. were, I think, a father and son architecture firm yeah. but they built the Metropolitan Museum oh, wow. and all these Vanderbilt mansions and they and he worked for them and yeah. he worked on a lot of those buildings oh, wow. um, in here in New York yeah or there huh? yeah. there in yeah. New York where I live yeah um and then the Biltmore House got built in Asheville North Carolina yeah and he was sent down as sort of a resident architect uh, I mean a whole firm worked on it uh-huh. but like he knew Olmstead, who did the Central wow, Park, they, he yeah. did the grounds there, and I've he seen pictures. Olmstead? And yeah, I've seen pictures of him with his little derby and his, like, really, yeah, because he was. I, he had my father late in life, and then my father had me kind of late in life. So it's almost like we skipped a generation. Huh. So I would, I mean, that's a you know fascinating. And my the way I understand it, my granny was from Glasgow, so yeah. he was from Yorkshire. Yeah, and then. My granny was from Glasgow, yeah. and I believe she was on. She was like a domestic in the house when the Vanderbilts lived there. No kidding. And this, so they met and fell in love, and then he lived down there. Wow! He, became big. He, he designed a lot of the courthouses in North Carolina. He was like a big, famous architect in North. Wow! Carolina. That's how my that's how my dad's family. They're both both my parents are first generation American. Right. So the, it's not like multi generational Southern thing. It's no. just where he no. ended up. That's right. Because of the work. That's kind of yeah. wild. That's where my grand. I don't know why my dad went back there. That was perverse because then you know but your dad was an architect too. Yeah, yeah. And, and an engineer. You know, he yeah. would do other related things. Um, oh, but you know, did he grow up there? Yeah, he grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, which is a really yeah, I know Asheville spot. Yeah, actually, I like that. I like yeah. Asheville. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I guess people just want to go home. That's probably why he went back. Do you? Do I? I did for a <laughs> I while. Want to go home. <laughs> I did for a while. You know, I grew up in New Mexico, so that's oh. kind of beautiful. Yeah, it is. But but the weird thing about 
the idea of that, the 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 romanticizing the the notion. If yeah. you come from a beautiful place, like well, I'm going to go home, is that your heart's looking for something? Yeah. Right. Or or it's looking to pick up where it left off. Neither oh. of those things are possible. Yeah. You know, you you can't go home to what you remember as home. That's right. True. Right. It's weird because if I go home now, if I go to New Mexico, I'm like within two days, I'm like, the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. Like, I got a couple yeah. friends there. My old man's still there and I go see him as he kind of loses his mind. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, but it's not, you know, I think it's an idea. You yeah, know? but there's also people who are like, get me out of this dusty little town. I got to go to New York or I got to well, go. I, yeah. I was thinking about going back to New York because I lived there for years too. Yeah. I mean, that, that was more my mood take on it. You know, yeah, when like, did you leave the South? Um, well, I went to – I started to go to Florida State, and I kept not taking physics. <laughs> yeah. And not ta- not not getting above a D in math, and I kept just dropping them, dropping all those academic classes and just being in plays. Yeah. And then I started getting offered jobs, like not hugely well-paid jobs, yeah. but I started getting acting jobs, and I just sort of gave up the farce of being in college. But, you start getting acting jobs in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> Think of that. I mean, they weren't like, but like, be like summer theater or like I did a, a, like an independent film there that then turned out well. And did they, uh, so did people find you at the school? Well, with that film, they did. Yeah. And then uh, one what professor it? hired, it was called Gal Youngin. It's by Victor Nunez. Oh. It's his first full length feature. Yeah. I was a teenager. Yeah. And then I and then I worked at a regional theater in uh, um, southern Florida. like in, Which, what's, What town? It's, uh, in Miami. Well, in Coconut Grove. Yeah. It's not there anymore. But I did a season there when yeah. I was still supposed to be in college. And then I moved to New York. So I, yeah. So you just, you, were you did you take classes? At Florida State? Yeah. Acting? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Was that the and it was a big It was a big theater school. I mean, I guess it still is. Yeah. Like, uh, has an MFA and BFA program in theater. Like uh-huh. It's a proper, you know. Yeah. Um, and for the South, if you live in the Southeast, that's maybe a natural place to to try to sure. go. Sure. Um, is so, it a big party school? I guess so, but I mean, yeah. it, I, that all passed me by. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too busy. I was you're too in the, focused. in the drama department. That's right. Over there doing that. That's right. With all the misfits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not too many. Some misfits and some blind ambition, you know. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, like my, I have my, this friend of mine calls, uh, there's a certain type of actress called a chainsaw ingenue. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. really sure. ambitious ingenue sure. that when you're young, when you start out in your career, you just, that's your age just group. Just eating and up just, the scenery. It's like, Jesus, you yeah. know, it's bad enough to have you know, all these external problems with trying to get a job, but yeah. then to have that these girl. Inc- yeah, <laughs> people. <laughs> but like, what's like, what, well, out of those people that you remember who were of that ilk, did they rise? Did they succeed? Yeah, some of them, because they're, they're so driven. Oh, really? They're still around? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, but now I'm thinking of my whole, you know, yeah, my, whole, all my ingenue years, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some of them definitely, and some of them were flameouts, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like some people with the biggest sort of bravado, mm. you, you know, they, they kind of crumble after, you know, the first wave of, of rejection and failure. Yeah. You know, they don't Pushing have Pushing too hard to. Yeah. And, yeah. Just, you know, just. It's painful it's, to watch, though. It's awful. The ego's fragile when they're that yeah. much of a spectacle of themselves, unless they've really got the goods. I don't know why it seemed like the ingenues, like the girls were the most like this, but, you know, because maybe not. I think the boys were still kind of like not admitting they wanted to be actors. Yeah. Like, That's not really manly or whatever. 
Yeah. That was a, that's an interesting thing, that that whole not manliness of acting. Like I talked to some old timer, I can't remember who, where they were really up against that, where it was not a profession. Like they not a serious profession for a guy. Right. Oh yeah. but you know, they had to like in film it had to be made kind of, you know, masculine at some point. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? The the whole there was a generation of actors there yes. that were had to go out and live the life. Yeah. You know, like the Steve McQueens of the yeah. world. And, yeah. Or even earlier I would yeah. think like Joel McCrae. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, having a ranch and sure. you know, all those guys had ranches yeah. and rode horses and yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and some of them were crazy, man, in the 70s and <laughs> in earlier. Yeah. Like, because I read a book about uh, the making of the Wild Bunch, and it's like the amount that these guys drank and rode dangerous vehicles and stuff, it was like, what the fuck? How'd they, any of them survive? It's crazy. Wait, what is the what? Remind that me was the Sam Peckinpah movie oh, in right. the 70s with, you know, with William Holden, Warren oh. Oates, Ernest Borgnine. Wow, what a lineup. Oh, and it's, it's an insane movie. <laughs> I but, guess but, so. <laughs> but, but that, it's just, uh, yeah, masculinity. Interesting. So you come to New York. How old are you? Um, I was uh, probably 21 when I finally. What was going on there? What year was that? Um, 81, 82? I think it might have been 81. Something what? like that. Wait a minute. I, I'm a little foggy on this. Yeah, because I, right. because I, I, I came to New York kind of for a while and just auditioned for other regional theater gigs. Yeah. You know, I didn't really get an apartment. So it was kind of a gradual yeah. thing. Yeah. But then when I finally got a job that that was in New York, yeah. I had auditioned for this uh, national tour of yeah. this play Crimes of the Heart, Beth yeah. Henley's play. I remember that one. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to go on a tour, but it was obviously a, a, a well-paying job and yeah. like a gr great roles for women and all that. So I knew I would take it if I got it, but I was kind of ambivalent about it a cast say. out of new york yeah yeah it was on broadway currently yeah okay and they were trying to launch the national tour and then um they postponed the national tour but about that time yeah the actress playing the youngest sister gave notice and they offered me the part so my first job in new york was on broadway wow which was just like that's crazy did you crazy do you have an agent and stuff no i mean i <laughs> <laughs> I had I had, had someone who, you know, took credit for that, like because the casting director called and said, "Remember, there was some girl who was good at had a good Southern accent, yeah. who I saw for Tender Mercies or sure, something, you know, sure. and like, and then they had to look it up because I wasn't signed with them, right? You know, right? Um, and then you were, then, but that, I guess you were after that, though. After that, I got a good agent. Yeah. <laughs> was it them? No, it was oh, not them. Oh, good. No. They took credit though. Well, you know, what I mean is they sure. took their commission. Oh, they did? Yeah. yeah. I, well, of course, right. you know. So so that experience, who else was in that play with you? Holly Hunter. Wow. Um, we were both replacements, Holly yeah. Hunter and I. Um, and then almost everyone else was, I think, in the original cast. Um, Elizabeth McKay played the older sister. I can't imagine the, the leap. It must have been just... Oh, my God. It was surreal. Yeah. It was surreal. And that what had happened, too, is that in the first cast, it had been um, Mary Beth Hurt yeah. in the role that Holly played uh, later. Holly yeah. Hunter later played. And then um, my part was played by Mia Dillon. And um, Maya Dillon. Sorry. I'm yeah. Mia. Uh, Maya Dillon. And uh, so every time... One of the first cast, like, so Mary Beth had, like, the star, the number one dressing room. Yeah. And so when she would leave, then Maya went in there. Yeah. And then when, 
when Maya gave notice, they were all going to shuffle around again. And the, and the stage manager was like, that's enough. Whoever replaces Maya is going in there. So I not only my first job was in, in New York, <laughs> but I was in the fucking, you know, number one dressing room and with a, you know, a, a, a theater full of women who'd worked their way up the yeah. ladder, the understudies and the so other it's all, sisters. it's big and it's got a shower and everything? Well, I don't remember it had a shower, yeah. but it was it, had, it was all decorated. Oh. It was the first first little floor up. It had the star on the door. You know, it was yeah. like the, the star theater? dressing room. The Golden. Yeah. Is that still around? Yeah. Yeah? I think it's still called the Golden. I think it was called something else for a while. Huh. Maybe it's called the Golden. That's exciting. Yeah, it was really so, exciting. So then does it, does does the career just take off then? Well, you know, in a fashion, you know how that well, is. Like, well, I mean, well, you're well when you do a play, you're in the play for yeah, a while. That's right. I was in for like seven months. Oh, so you're yeah. just locked in making a living. Yes, that was a refreshing new feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then what happens? I mean, when, how do you become like sort of a, 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 a force to be reckoned with on stage? Oh well, I don't know. Um, yeah. I I mean that that's the thing is that or just then, working. I mean, yeah. cause you, I mean, it seems like there and there's a few people in the succession that are also kind of working. Lots New York of theater stage. actors. Yeah. yeah, lots and that, lots. That's of, a world. It is, and it still exists. Yeah, only in New York, really, for the most part. Maybe London. I London. Think. Yeah. yeah, but in uh, Chicago. Oh yeah, Chicago, mm-hmm. where where people can live and work because there's yeah. enough productions going on. Yeah, but it it is sort of a. a, a a specific and uh, unique community, New York theater actors. True, yeah, I know, and it's such a, a old tradition. I mean, yeah, it's such a you know institution. Like, yeah, and who do you find that you're like? How do you integrate into that community? I mean, who are you meeting? When did you meet Kenneth? Oh well, he's my second marriage, and so oh, yeah? I didn't meet him for a long time. What happened with the first guy? Mm. Was he an actor? He was trying to be an actor. At that point, and he then he then he discovered like writing comedy and writing, yeah. and he had much more success as that. And oh yeah, then, and we split up pretty pretty quickly. Pretty quick. Oh, but he was somebody you met in New York. Yes. Oh okay. Because yeah. in well, we were doing a play out of town, but yes. Oh okay. We both lived in New York. But it was a quick quick marriage. I it didn't. I thought it was going to be the the marriage. Oh you know? you did? I, Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. But yeah. I have a really good husband now, and I, we're married twenty. Three years. That's a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I have no regrets. But so, at the time, it was awful. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible. terrible Divorce is terrible. It uh, it's, yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, but so so after this play, though, like I don't like I don't know if I I talked to some theater actors. I don't know if specifically talk about it, but it seems like you were um, you've done a lot of it. Yes, and, a ton, a ton. And so and, and that life is sort of specific. How does it sort? Of, so you get done with the. Um, with crimes of the heart, and then what happens? Um, well, you just um, you start. You know, you're just always auditioning, yeah. especially when you're starting out um, for anything. Because it's like you know, well, I mean, the New yes, York theater because, scene is not just Broadway. No, yeah. and and uh, it doesn't pay very well. But oh. you, but you, it's. Mm, I don't know what to liken it to, I think it's probably a lot of artistic or entertainment type things are like yeah. this, where it you're building something and you're building your craft and you're getting yeah. better and better at it and you're meeting people that are stimulating and funny and yeah. interesting yeah. and you're being, you know, influenced and influencing other people. Yeah. And it's really heady. Yeah. It's like this great, yeah. you're, you're, you feel privileged that you're yeah. part of it. 
And you may not, you know, you're making your rent, but you're not getting rich. You know? Sure. So, but one. But you're part of a tradition. Part of a whole thing, yeah. yeah. And so, but one casualty of it is that you kind of have to just go from play to play. Like what you, you know, you audition and you pick the best one you get offered. Yeah. And you can't really afford to just lay out too long hoping to get the lead in the new Scorsese movie. Right. You, know? you just go from play to play. So, but so in terms of film and television, that was, you, that wasn't the primary focus. Film and television? Yeah. No. Yeah. I really loved theater. I, I, it's a real, you know, it's, it's a real writer's medium and media, medium and also an actor's medium. Like, yeah. It's really like, you know, a, a wordy, a wordy scene in a, in a TV show would be like five pages long sure, or something. Sure, it's, it's the but worst. In, in, a, in a play, you go on for 20 minutes in a scene, blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, it's, you're just, you're, yes, and you're your own editor. Yeah, and no one's stopping find the, the light, action. No one's stopping it. And it's, you have lots and lots to say. Yeah. And so it's really, um, you really, it's a very creative thing. No, it's great. And, and, and especially if you're doing a new play. Yeah, which I did a lot of. That you was did. my that was my preferred thing. I loved, yeah. yeah. And then you're starting from workshopping almost. That's right. And everything, you know, you're yeah. evolving while yes. you're in it. That's very fun. It's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. And, but it's a taxing kind of racket, the uh, stage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, after a while, I was like, I'm never going to get out of this pay grade if I don't. Like, you know, people who dance and sing can can you know, land in a big, well-paying Broadway musical from time to time, and that's really lucrative yeah. comparatively. Yeah. But doing plays off-Broadway yeah. is not, you know, it's like rent money. Yeah. So if that, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it can you can kind of get stuck in it. And so at some point I just had to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do more television. I remember about the time, well, when, when Breaking Bad was first on. Yeah. And my friend Alan Ball was doing um, True Blood. Yeah. And we go back to – he was at Florida State when yeah. he was. And he offered me a part on it. And I came out, out here to do it. And he had just discovered Breaking Bad. He was like, oh, you have to see this show. And then I just remember I was kind of by myself. My family weren't with me at first because I was just out here. Yeah. Like staying in a shitty apartment in yeah. West Hollywood. And, um, and watching like all of The Wire and all of these shows and being like – it's different TV that when yeah. I grew up with or sure. what I was auditioning for when in my 20s, The Equalizer and Law and Order, nothing against Law and Order because that underwrites the New York theater or it did. Yeah. You know, but, sure. um, and, you know, everybody loves those shows too. Yeah. But boy, TV, as everyone's been saying now for a decade or more, yeah. has blossomed and flourished into this like very creative, very diverse. Well, yeah, the limited series thing is the thing. The limited series thing and just... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's shows about every possible thing you can think of. Now. But also, there are shows where, like, I started to notice it recently because I've watched a couple of different. I just watched um, a screener of this HBO thing coming out uh, based on that Texas murder, the you know, uh, the Love and Death with uh, Elizabeth Olsen and uh, oh. Lily Rabe. Oh yeah, like it's a limited series. Jesse Plemons is in it too. Oh, he's. And, and I just noticed, like, the everyone's acting the fuck out of this thing. I mean, they're yeah. really dug in. Yeah. Characters are deep. And they've yeah. got time yeah. to do it. Yeah. To make, you know, to deepen these characters, to have real arcs. Yes. And transformation. Arcs. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's kind of astounding when, you know, it's great terrible. actors can dig in like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I always think that's part of the success of um, my show, 
succession, yeah. the success of succession, sure. is that it's um, it sort of requires the audience to uh, think and listen and keep track and like it yeah. doesn't explain things. Yeah. You might mention something and then you if you if it nags at you, you're like, what do they mean by that? What yeah. is that going to lead to? And like yes. it's full of little clues and Easter, Easter eggs. eggs and, yeah, yeah. And I think audiences are really. Love that, actually. Yeah, they love it, and also like this. Uh, I, I I like the. I just like the the non streaming element. Like I oh, don't waiting would, for Sunday night to come. I do. It's better. Yeah. It's a lot to process. It's suspenseful. Because I've watched, like I've done that sort of thing where you know I you watched binge. Breaking Bad when it came out, yeah. but then I'm like I'm gonna watch it again because the girlfriend hasn't seen it, and then <laughs> yeah. you watch two, three in a row, and it's exhausting. You're yeah. not. It's, <laughs> You're not supposed to put that much shit in your head. <laughs> I know that much violence. That's the thing. It's a, there's a lot. Well, any of... of it, it's exhausting. This is a thing that took someone two years to make. I know. And you're just gonna like dump it all into you, like it's yeah. And you can't stop. I don't know. Some pe- I mean, some people really get a lot of the binging thing. But... I do, but it's like, but it, it's literally like binging anything. Is afterwards you feel <laughs> tired. You don't remember it as well. <laughs> you're bloated. You yeah, need to lie down. a little bit mentally, <laughs> yeah. emotionally. So, but I, I have to assume, though, that be, do you know Lily? Uh, I've met her. I oh, you never work with her? Mm-mm. But, like, there's like you, there's all these characters in the in the world of the stage. Did you get to meet all the old characters? Definitely. <laughs> oh, my God. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, it was great. Like who? Like who are your heroes well, that you got um, to work with or meet? Oh, gee. I mean, uh, I didn't get to work with all of them. But, yeah. you know, I got to meet all these, like— Great stage actress, Marion Seldes and yeah. Zoe Caldwell. And I was in this play um, for a year of my life on yeah. Broadway called yeah. Lend Me a Tenor. Yeah. Like silly, fun, but it took place in the 30s. Uh-huh. It was really um, like a farce. Yeah. Really fun. Victor Garber was in it. Oh, yeah. Philip Bosco was in it. Yeah. Jane Cannell was in it. It was like really like the royal family of, of Broadway of the at the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And I mean, just the stories you'd hear and like... Oh, yeah. so great, so great. Yeah. Were there, was there insanity? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, there's some insanity. <laughs> how, how out of control has it gotten out there on stage where things oh, get awry? Man, there's, yeah, there's been some crazy and stressful things, but but just fun. I had this this play I did um, as Bees and Honey Drown. Yeah. Was this, I played this fantastic character yeah. by this playwright, Douglas Carter Bean, and uh, she was, um, turns out to be a con artist. Yeah. And it, it all takes place in like, I guess it's supposed to be like early nineties yeah. or mid nineties, and she's you know everything's fabulous and it's all Paramount Hotel and all the groovy bars then and it's all Madonna and yeah. you know she's oh, yeah. dropping names constantly and um, so it starts off though that it's almost just like this romantic comedy and you don't find out she's a con artist till the end of Act One yeah and then Act Two is a deconstruction of Act One going wait a minute wait a minute what how what what were her tells you yeah, know yeah, yeah. and who was she really and we got to see who she how she created this persona for herself oh interesting and it yeah. was really interesting and really fun but like a talk fest and at one point in Act Two. Um, when you are seeing how she's trying to develop this like fabulous club, you know, yeah. groovy Soho personality, yeah. and she's her, her real her real uh, identity is Brenda Gelb from Pennsylvania, sure. and she's got this boyfriend she's in love with. He's he's a gay, but she won't realize it. Yeah. She won't face up to it, and he wants to teach her how to be fabulous. So he shows her um, Rosalind Russell. 
Tallulah Bankhead, oh, Audrey Hepburn, and Liza timers. Minnelli. Yeah, yeah. And she, you know, memorizes their characterizations. Yeah. And that all rolled into one becomes her persona. Wow. So she's this, like, infectious, really fun character. Yeah. But there was this scene where you got to see me, you know, doing these impressions back to back. And I'd be like, I remember one night looking at Scott, who played the, my boyfriend, and yeah. like, I already did Liza, right? <laughs> oh, God. He would cue me and be like, you've got that one, honey. You can try, try Lifeboat. <laughs> so he knew? Yeah, yeah. He would, yeah, we know each other's lines. It's That's so, it's it's so great wild. It's camaraderie. It's fantastic. When you're on stage and something goes awry, it's, oh my it's, God. it's amazing. Because, like, you know, the, the pace of the play is the pace of play, and if you're in it, you're in it. But, you know, usually not on autopilot. You're just, yeah. yeah, you're engaged. Yes. And then when something happens, it's like you yeah. have that moment where where it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I know. I watched it. Like, I remember certain things happening where things, like, I saw I saw Gary Sinise's Buried Child. Mm-hmm. And it was, I thought it was a good production. I don't think it lasted very long. And it's a heavy play. Mm. And what's his name? Terry. Uh, Kinney? Terry Kenny, mm-hmm. you know, is the lead in that. You yeah. know, and there's that scene where he walks in with all the corn, you know, just like, and then like I just remember the night I saw it, this one corn ear <laughs> rolled yeah. off the stage. <laughs> and just like, uh, and you just yeah. got nothing you can do, but it's, he's being upstaged <laughs> in a very heavy moment by yeah. his, by just watching that one corn. cob, one cob going down. Yeah, That's yeah. A Sam Shepard play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I was on stage in a in a college production of Don't Drink the Water, you know, the Woody Allen play. Oh, cool. It's a big, goofy play. Yeah. But there's a scene where, you know, it's at an embassy and it's it all ends up at like a Russian embassy or I can't remember. But a bomb comes in the window and I'm this old Jewish guy and it's supposed to land. I pick it up and I'm like, what's this? You know, it's a bomb. We throw it back. It's all goofy. But the one night it just it flew in the window right into the audience. The bomb just... <laughs> They evacuate the theater. (laughs) Well, no, it was one of those things where how do you, you know, uh, so I I try to improvise and I go, what was that? (laughs) And then the other guy goes, I don't know. I didn't see it. Oh, great. (laughs) So now we're just, so eventually I just went to the lift of the stage. I'm like, give me it. Yeah. And I go, it's a bomb, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. It's weird because you do have to honor something. I mean, you're not supposed to take it out of the play. You know what I mean? Well, listen, there, so one of my first jobs yeah. I got, you, I don't know if you can leave this in Why? the conversation. Well, it's, <laughs> well, let me tell it. It's okay. a funny story. So um, one of my first jobs yeah. when I was supposed to be uh, taking physics yeah. in Florida was I was in this children's theater. And it was kind of a good children's theater. We did good good plays usually. Yeah. And this one, we did this one holiday one that was very stupid. And we did one one section was supposed like one was supposed to be about Hanukkah actually, and one about I guess Kwanzaa or something. Yeah. Anyway, we did the Christian one, the one about the nativity and everything. Yeah. And we we're trying to think how what you know, the little fifteen minute sketch yeah. sort of as part of this play for these little bitty kids. Yeah. And so my friend John Youngblood and I were a sheep and a cow in the manger with Joseph and Mary. Yeah. And we get in a little argument because we've got a lot of pride about our gift that we're making. Yeah. That we're offering. For offering the baby Jesus. For the baby Jesus. Yeah. And um, I think mine was that I was knitting a, I was the sheep. Yeah. And I was going to knit a sweater out of my 
uh, wool, and John was a cow, and he yeah. was going to make ice cream for the baby. <laughs> yeah, sure. And then we got into this, it was a very weak play. We got in this fight about, <laughs> about you know, the, we were being too proud, proud you know, proud, right. yeah. prideful, and um, we ruined our gifts, supposedly, because yeah. of this fight, because the ice cream got on the sweater, and ah. there was no more ice cream, and the sweater was stained, and we had a big yeah. fight. Yeah. And then it, the way it, the way the, the play had been structured was that there was audience participation, mm. but you, you carefully set everything up so that you always get the answer you need to, yeah. for the story to go sure. forward. So, like... What do we do now? You've kind of put that, you've put, you've laid the seeds. And some, some kid goes, go behind that door, behind that door, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're in that point of the play. And it was like 9 a.m. in some school in Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky yeah. in December. And yeah. all the teachers are sitting in benches on the side of the gymnasium. We're like, we've marked out our stage on the floor of a gym. Yeah. These little bitty kids are half asleep. Yeah. And they had to sit like um, crisscross yeah. on the floor, yeah. you know, like... Um, like crossway and just like yes, yeah. like on, no like, chairs. Yes, yeah. on the floor, and the teachers aren't paying attention at all. Ugh. And um, so we carefully set up that really what the Christ child wanted from us was our heart, yeah. our love. Yeah. So that had been given, you know, set up, and we're like, no, we know better. I have a sweater. And I'm yeah, going to make yeah, ice cream. Yeah. So then we set it up so that. What will we do? What can we give him? What will we do? Yeah. The answer was very easy. We planted it very obviously. <laughs> give him your heart. Yeah. And one kid who wasn't paying attention just went, kill him. <laughs> and you're, you know, you're not supposed to pick up these like errant weirdo things. But I was so shocked. That woke me up. Like yeah. we were all asleep. Like the actors were asleep. The teachers yeah. were asleep. The yeah. kids were asleep. I was like, what? I was like, what? He yeah. said, kill him. Kill the baby. And then the whole side of the theater started chanting, kill the baby. Oh, my God. The baby <laughs> Jesus. The baby Jesus. Yeah. We were like, no, let's start yeah. back. Let's start back. That's what the teachers do. Nothing. They were just chatting. They were gossiping. Oh, they had no idea. Oh, my God. Just one of those. Yes. Uh, that's it. That's, yes. Yeah. That would Day be a big problem of... now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you want to you wanna make note of that kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, he didn't know what we're talking. I mean, he was yeah, just. he was just being joker. I think he was even just lost his place in the story, uh, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't know what he thought oh we were my talking God. about. Those moments are just crazy on yeah. stage. Yeah, I got, yeah, I've had a lot of weird moments on stage. I bet you have, yeah. With audience members or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. So when, so what's it like, uh, you know, day-to-day -day, uh, living with uh, Kenneth Lonergan? Well, it's no day at the beach. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's great. But, like, I mean, do you guys... I mean, you 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 were both you know deeply involved in in the controversy around that movie Margaret in terms of like releasing yeah. the correct print of it, right? And I mean, like that that's a masterpiece that, a that movie, huh? I think so too. Yeah, yeah. And that was a hard time when you work when like well you're in the movie, but I have to assume that when he's working on something or writing, you know, how uh, involved does he let you be? Well, I would say generally I leave him alone. No, but I, like, does he want you to read things? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, the general rule of thumb is yeah. like he needs private. Like <laughs> he needs to. Don't bother me. Well, you know that thing. You you must have this. Like where, if you talk about it too much, you won't write it. Yes. Like you feel like it's yeah. written or something. Yeah. So, we just don't talk about it usually. Right. But sometimes he'll say, "Will you read this? Yeah. Version of this. And, yeah. You know, tell me what you think." Yeah. He also he likes to do readings with actors. Oh, he does as a way of seeing if a scene works and like for film too. Yeah, for no TV, kidding. everything like just um. That's one of his big 
tips he tells writers. That's like so get, that's good interesting. Actors to read it. Yeah. Well, that you know aloud, you know. Sedaris does that with uh, essays. No kidding. Like you know when he does readings and stuff. Yeah. Like he'll make note of where laughs are. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Well, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Why not make but it as where, funny as possible? Where they aren't is more. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So like so, do you get involved with those uh, readings sometimes? His yeah. Penny's readings. Yeah. 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 And oh, that's interesting. All the time. Because he think he he says it's like, you know, it's sort of like a great screener for like wh- where there's too much or where there's bullshit or right. where something's awkward to say. Like a, if you have really good actors. They will make it work if it can work. Yeah, like in, innately, they will, sure. they will they will give it truth. So if you have really good actors read it aloud, you'll see where it lags. You'll see where it this and that. You know. Yeah, it's really kind of cool system. Well, yeah, because you can. Uh, I mean, especially well with movies, it's good to sort of, you know, get rid of stuff you don't need early, right? Yeah. But you know, with TV, like it seems a little different because you're kind of looking for things. Like, what are we going to yeah. do? With, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe we, so. We need some more stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, it was, it was a little odd to me the succession thing when when Logan's uh, girlfriend and assistant, what's her name? Uh, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. She's right? my good friend Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Zoe. Um, like, she wants to be an on-air talent. Yeah. <laughs> and I was sort of like, where did that come from? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they were they were sort of setting her up last season. Like, it looked like she was going to get pregnant. I know. She was trying to get pregnant. Right. Because yeah. she's giving him the, the smoothies with yeah. the stuff. I know. And then uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, like, like I don't know when it happens when you're creating a season of television where somebody says, like, why don't we make her, uh, be, she wants to be on-air talent. Yeah. Yeah. And Because it was it was surprising to me. I think that character is supposed to be one of those chainsaw ingenues okay you know what i mean like sure. he just wants yeah to be famous maybe or you know oh, interesting so drawn to his power and his but money. oh so 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 the baby fantasy crapped out i, I don't know oh you can't tell well me. you know who knows yeah they I have guess. a sequel she may have uh oh yeah she may be knocked up I don't oh know. yeah i don't yeah it was just sort of like one of those things that added a real menace to it because yeah. he like expelling the 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 old children and just sort of like this idea <sighs> that there would be this I wonder if that was just a storyline. They were like, we're not going to follow that through. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of those in all TV. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so with Margaret, I mean, what was that? Because I don't know that. I, I feel like not enough people have seen that movie now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was the struggle? Um, well, Margaret, it was like an epic. Yeah. It was an epic. Like yeah. the theme of it. And also just it was... It was long, yeah. But I don't think excessively long because, well, part of the part of the action of the play is yeah. the tedium of getting stuck in a legal battle, yeah. That you want to get real, you want to get some sa- some moral satisfaction out of, and then it's really you get weighed down in tedium. So part of the story is supposed to be about that. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, it's just an epic. It's like a teen drama epic. About yeah, early uh, young Kieran. Young Kieran yeah. and Anna Paquin. Yeah. And, you know all these great Sarah uh, Steele. Yeah. All these people were in it. Um, Alice and Janney, briefly. Alice and Janney, yes. Uh, under a bus. Yeah, she's so what? good. Yeah. Uh, so many good people in it. Yeah. Um, but it, it it truly is an epic. And yeah. then you know there, like when he when he brought it to. Uh, the producer the first time to read it was like you know the phone book and he you know but everyone was like shoot it all and then we'll edit it and then that just became tricky 
Like, right, sure, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then how to not throw out the baby with the bathwater. And it, I think they should just let it be a, long, a longer movie. It's long anyway. Yeah, but now there's it's two still, versions of it out there, right? Yeah, but even the one they, they were okay with is long. Yeah. So, like, it, it's kind of just became a pissing contest, in my opinion. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I sort of, we had a little kid, you know, and we had our daughter by then, and I yeah. I did not... I stayed out of the oh. real in- insanity at that time. Yeah. But it was heartbreaking. It was such a good movie. Yeah. So many good performances in it. It's crazy. Crazy. And such a good, you know, just a good story. But he seemed like, I interviewed him, and he seems like a, a, a relatively um, uh, socially uh, evolved person. <laughs> like, he's not a brooding genius, you know, it doesn't seem. He's, he's kind of. He's kind of broody. Yeah, he's kind of. He's kind of. <laughs> he must have been on chipper behavior with me. Yeah, no, he he does have a no. He I know there's 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 sociable Kenny, and he can be the life of the party. Yeah, he's very witty. Yeah. And, um, Did you guys do a lot of that? Did you do a lot of entertaining in the theater world? Yeah. Yeah. A fair amount. That's fun, as a matter right? Of fact, yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, but I mean, when he's working and stuff, he can get in a funk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, because well. Well, Writers work. He works at home, like, but also like you know like, he get out like the house. You're just gonna get. Just but his like, themes are are you know, I mean you know you it would ha- you would have to be sort of down yeah, in it, soulful kind of yeah, yeah, soulful and human and, condition kind of yeah, but yeah. heartbreaking, moral dilemmas, darkness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 soul searching kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a bit of a depressive. Yeah, yeah. Is he working on a thing? Bunch of things. Oh really? Yeah. Like what? I don't know if I have liberty to say. Uh, right. but it's like he's working on a play. Oh, good. He's working on two different movie scripts. He's working on a TV thing. Wow. So we'll see what happens first. And you? Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a couple of little jobs coming up, but I want to, I kind of, now I'm really interested in maybe becoming one of those performers that write their own material. Because, oh, yeah? Yeah, because. Why not? Why not? That's what some of the best stuff turns out to be. Yeah. And it's hard to be a woman of a certain age. Mm. And, uh, I mean, that was a wake-up call to play Jerry because she was a real dimensional person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was my input, what Mm -hmm. I brought to it, and what they encouraged me to do and how they met me halfway and wrote for me. Mm. So I'm like, well, why should I, you know, so many parts, supporting parts or... Parts for older people, not just women, older yeah. people, are kind of stock. You know, they're sort of boring. And I think, yeah. well, you know. On film and just, television? You yeah, 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 yeah. So I th- I don't know how it'll go, but I really want to, that's my next thing, is I want to try to find a create content a, for, for a, a myself zone. and my friends. and yeah. yeah, and like maybe, I don't know, be in a little collective that we yeah. kind of support each other and write for each other, get ideas. Well, it's, it's very interesting to, to me, you know, the, the a person's place in you know the culture after a certain age you know especially on film and television like so much of that stuff just in general a lot of tv is limiting and you know it going in you're going to read it and be like Ugh, yeah that's it that's, yeah yeah uh and it, it gets it it becomes a drag well that's one reason i was in theater for so long yeah is that the 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 tv parts were soul killing yeah you know sure usually yeah unless you we're the lead, and often then then that case too. But it's interesting what I'm seeing too in comedy, or specifically at the comedy store where, where I work primarily. And I had someone in here uh, a couple of weeks ago, Kathy Ladman, who's a stand-up who's been doing it forever, and she's in her 60s. And you know, and Jimmy Fallon had her on, 
mm. which it was completely it, just the presence of a woman her age and proudly sort of gray hair yeah. doing her bits and killing. You just don't see it. No. And I was so happy that Jimmy did it. And then there's a couple of old timers at the store who, like Tom Dreesen, used to open for Frank Sinatra. Good like, Lord. He's, you know, he's got to be in his late 60s, early 70s. And Argus Hamilton is another guy that's in, around in that age group. And there's a patter to it that is very familiar to everybody from their childhood. There's yeah. a way of presenting. Yeah. And there's a, a gravitas that comes with it. And they yeah. kill. And there's like, you know, and it's sort of a, an ama- a beautiful thing that, you know, goes unnoticed because you don't see it. Yeah. And I'm seeing it and I'm like, you know, there's so many voices of experience and wisdom of a certain age person that just doesn't have a place in the culture. Right. And it is it is a little disturbing. Yeah. Because I'm getting that age. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. we have to write our own shit, man. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um. Well, I'm not gonna. Okay. You know, like you don't want to talk it, about it. You're just gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You're gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Just like, just go like do like I, when I'm trying to build an hour of stand up, I'll just go get a small theater, do a residency, and fucking figure it out. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I'd like to follow you around and watch that. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you can do, especially in New York. I mean, with yeah. no pressure, if you have a crew or you have, you know, a, a way of getting a few people in there to workshops. If you tell the audience that this is what it is, mm-hmm. and thank you for being here, I'm glad you appreciate yeah. it. But I don't really know how this is going to go. Yeah, and you know, you can do it. People are probably supportive. Of course, yeah. and and something real is happening. Yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great talking to you. You too. I'm glad you did it. You too. Yeah. We have to talk about um, what. Betty Gilpin. Oh, what about her? I'm going to go see. I just heard from her. Oh, I love her. I was in her first play that she did out of drama school. And really? she is what, talking about funny people. I think she's one of the funniest people I've ever known. Oh, she's a great mind, a great wit. You were great in a play. beauty. Oh, yeah, my God. You were in a play she wrote? No. Oh, just, just you were her with first her? play out of, yeah. I was in a play with her. How is that? And she was just new on the scene. And I just, you know, I knew her parents. Her parents are both actors. Big actors, actors, yeah. yeah. Like um, stage people. So they were kind of. Did you know her as a baby? I mean, no, did you no, see no. Them around? No, I, they were, and they were kind of like a little bit ahead of me. You okay. Know? So, I didn't really know them. I knew who they were. Sure. And then Betty was just so like beautiful and shy, and she played this part really heartbreakingly, and she played this sort of awkward character. And, yeah. And then she would just be so fucking funny in the dressing room. Yeah. And like, and. Yeah, she's something. And she's gorgeous. Yeah. And not all of those things go together all the time. And I just, that's someone we have in common. Oh, yeah, she's great. She just, I guess they're going to do a premiere of her new TV show that has something to do with nuns. She just texted me about it at the DGA theater. I guess they're just going to have a couple episodes. I'll go check it out. I have no idea what it is. It has to do with nuns? Yeah. I don't know what the show is. But she was, it was very interesting working with her on Glow for so many seasons because, like, the two leads of that, you know, Alison Brie mm-hmm. and, and Gilpin really come from different disciplines of acting. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to watch. Yeah. Their tools were different. Like, but they were both very effective. But it's definitely two different approaches. And you never knew what the fuck Betty was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, though, right? It's great. Of yeah. course it is. She's keeping it interesting and funny and weird. Just her Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it. Oh. I get on. Is it good? Really good. <laughs> really funny. I haven't looked at it lately, but... Did you read her book? No, she has a book. Yeah. She has a book. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, you want it? Yeah. You I'll have her. I have, have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love it. Yeah. Well, when you see her, say hi from Jay. 
I will do that. I'll, t- I'll text her right after this. Okay. Good talking to you. <laughs> you too. Okay, new episodes of Succession are on Sunday nights on HBO. You can stream every episode on HBO Max. Hang out, will you? Hang out for a second. For other episodes with the Succession cast, you can check out Jeremy Strong from episode 1377, Alan Ruck from episode 1270, Kieran Culkin from episode 1150, Sarah Snook from episode 1147, and Brian Cox from episode... 1090. It is interesting that the way you see Logan is this nihilistic vacuum. Yeah. Who who uh, is is playing a game, That's really, right? right? That's right. And I kept, I said that, you know, we did, in the first series, I said, it's a game. Yeah. And the kids don't get it. Yeah. They think right. it's a matter of like, they, they, they don't get right. the fact it's a game. They're taking it too seriously. You know, they take it too seriously and they don't get it. And of course, Logan, like all games, he takes it really seriously. But they don't, they don't get the game. So they can't get on to the game. And, of course, at the end of the— It's a generational thing. That's it. It's a generational thing. But at the end of the last series, the youngest boy, because he's well, the, my eldest of my second family, my heir apparent, uh, Kendall, he's pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. And he's pushed him to such a point that he's actually going to have to make some— it's a great ending. You know, sometimes. And it's of great. course, he's a proud father. Yeah. <laughs> that is the beat at the end. <laughs> yeah. He's a proud father. He says, oh, look, the kid did drill. All of those episodes are available for free in whatever podcast app you're using right now and at WTFpod.com. You can get every episode of WTF ad-free by signing up for WTF+. Plus. Just go to the link in the episode description or go to WTFpod.com and click on WTF+. Plus. I'm just playing basic rock guitar. That's what I'm doing now. All right? It's cranked up the Les Paul. I, it's, it's been done before by me, probably, more than three times. Slightly different, maybe. Slightly different. Here we go.
Where Lives, Monkey and La Fonda, Cat Angels Everywhere. <laughs> 